Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello, James here, and you're listening to the IAB UK podcast. We welcomed retail media royalty to the IAB studio this week in the form of Jill Orr, Critio's Managing Director for Enterprise in EMEA, and Lee Roberts, Media Sales Director at Tesco Media and Insight Platform, and all off the back of a red-hot retail media upfront a couple of weeks ago, and some fairly seismic industry waves just days before recording. We get right into the differences between trade marketing and retail media and how they can live harmoniously as one, dig deep into the value agencies are adding and dispel some of the retail media myths Jill and Lee encounter the most. And of course, we talk about Omnicom's acquisition of Flywheel, the biggest deal in the agency group's history. But I started with tongue firmly in cheek by asking Jill if she thought 2023 would be defined as the year of retail media. Let's hope that we don't look back and say that the year of retail media was like the year of mobile. (laughs) James has a lot to say about that. (laughs) Made a career off that, haven't you? (laughs) Text messages. In that we've never really had one. I would argue, so I've been working in retail media for over 10 years. So for me retail media has been evolving and I think if you speak to a retailer retail media has been around for 30 40 years so is it the year of retail media the thing that's different for me I've been back in Critio for nearly two years and the difference is that the brands and agencies are much more present Mm. in the conversation which is accelerating or changing to a certain degree the conversations that are having yeah because I think retail media and the promise of it is now being promoted mm. across all the different channels. Does it make it any easier? No, I think there's still a lot that we need to sort out. And it's often referred to as we're in the kind of teenage years. Yeah. And I think there is as much change and new direction as there is consolidation and growth mm. so i think it's still got a way to go yeah. and i think this is the the first year where those outside of the retail media sector mm-hmm. dunhumby's been in it for a very long time yeah, yeah. i think that those outside of it have started to understand what it is and it's more consistent but i think it's still got a long way to go so I think it is the, the noisiest year so far, but not necessarily well the year. Yeah. <laughs> Concur? Concur. I mean, personally, yeah, it's the year of retail media for me, yeah. as, as I made, made my, my move into it. But yeah, look, I think if you're a grocer, you've been in the retail media space for mm. decades, right? Mm. And you've been engaging consumers in store and working with brands or suppliers yeah. to influence that customer journey. I think this year, agreeing with, with Jill, really, I think in terms of brands, agencies, all leaning in and looking to really accelerate how they work with retailers has really built momentum. In tandem with that, I think you've seen a massive proliferation of ad formats, Mm -hmm. whether that be within retailers' own ecosystems or leveraging that data that's incredibly valuable to enrich more traditional channels, be that TV, working with other digital platforms as well, Mm -hmm. be that Meta or any other to name. So I think it's certainly the noise this year to echo what Jill said, but it's still incredibly fragmented, yeah. incredibly challenging. I think you've got brands really looking to understand how 
they streamline how budgets work internally, how teams mm. work internally to make it easier for what's happening traditionally in the shopper space, yeah, yeah, yeah. talk yeah. to what they're trying to do on the brand side of things. Yeah. I think for agencies, and perhaps we'll come and talk about this in a bit more detail later, really looking to build out the specialism around retail media, which has largely been shaped by commerce and I guess how they've interacted probably with Amazon. Over, over the last five or six years, right? And yeah. I think they're trying to understand the full opportunity that retail media mm. presents and at the same time offer that service to to brands, right? Yeah. So huge amount of momentum, still incredibly fragmented, still very challenging, I think, for clients to navigate, mm. but also for retailers to build out their own proposition as well and understand how they pivot to becoming more than just a retailer, mm. offering mm. kind of a media e- you know, e- ad ecosystem, right? Yeah, it's interesting you said no one at Amazon saying retail media is anything new either. Actually, I was going to just, I wanted to build on what you just said, because I think you raised a really interesting point. If you look at the marketplaces and you look at CPG, there's been a huge amount of activity and development in those two sectors. Myself personally, I think there was a lot of movement last year in retail media with new verticals coming in and taking it seriously and trying to identify how they could benefit in the same way they could see this evolution that was happening in CPG. So I think that's why there's so much noise is because a lot of retailers have now come into it who are trying to win in their vertical because vertical is really important Mm. because we all know that no one retailer is the same and every retailer that we work with and we work with 135 in Europe alone. From that perspective, every single one is wanting something slightly different. It can look the same from the outside, but it's very different because it's very much tied to their retail identity. I think the noise is coming because there's a lot of new retailers coming into the space and we're all trying to make sense of what that looks like and how we capitalise and make sense of that. Mm. One of the first things that we were trying to do, like you do with anything that's sort of emerged and emerging, is what are the brackets around retail media like? Is it just grocer and CPG? We've got Uber, people like ASOS, we've had airlines come and talk to us, hotel chains, like what's retail media and what's not? Yes, they've got data, they've got some real estate, and they've got the ability to sort of online asset. So in doing that, yeah, you've seen this sort of massive diversity of different businesses, which you're right, aren't pure retailers. The point you made, Lee, about the sort of the old, the trade, the shopper marketing, mm-hmm. this thing's been happening for years. How, in your view, is that transition happening? Because retail media, is, I think we're talking about it in terms of on-site, off-site, yeah. without the store stuff, it is a bit different to that world that's existed for a long time. Yeah, so I think when we look at the opportunity that we're bringing, you know, if you look at the data piece mm. and the, you know, for, for Tesco, right, you've got 21 million club card customers, 21 million households out of 28 million in the UK, where you move that conversation around retail media out of just ROI and you start plumbing that data in to enhance those more traditional channels like TV, ITVX, and Channel 4, you start to have a conversation around the role that retail media plays at every single stage of the funnel, right? And and that then becomes a bigger conversation. So typically if you're in, in a shopper team, you're you're there to support you know, sales, be that on site or or in store. But with mm. that proliferation of data, the change in kind of opportunity around how you engage that consumer, still building a strategy around that customer, yeah. but being able to use different touch points to engage it, it then becomes a much bigger opportunity. And I think that certainly for Tesco, being able to influence from sofa to store, engage that consumer 
through lots of different touch points yeah. means actually the conversation has just scaled considerably. Yeah. And we're able to now play a role that isn't just about driving ROI. Yeah. I think that's really important in terms of step changing conversation with clients our kind of position within market mm. and how we work with agencies. I remember a long time ago, probably back in the year of mobile, when I was agency side, you would work with big FMCG brands where the sort of the commerce team was very separate to the shopper or the trademark team. In some instances, they were meeting each other for the first time. And very different agendas, very different setup, very different approach to risk, things like that. Are those two things coming together in, in your opinion? I think it depends on who you're talking to. Right. And there is no consistency. In fact, just at another event, and one of the questions that was asked, I think it was L'Oreal and Lenovo who were on stage. <laughs> and so you're talking yeah. about two very different very brands. Different. And the question that was asked to them is, why are we seeing such differentiation between the performance brief mm. and the brand brief? Mm. So this is not about trade versus traditional media. This is actually everywhere, which is how are we going to make sense of that? And we're starting to see across the board that the larger brands are starting to be very specific about what they want to do and their intention is to drive more through into what is currently called a retail media channel but I would agree with you actually when you think about retail media it's because you're talking about off-site all the way to Mm in-store we've got to keep a broad definition because it's driven by where the consumer is at It's driven by what the retailer considers to be opportunities for them to place media that will drive Mm. the retail outcome that they want. And I think that's the thing that we need to keep control of is ultimately it's about engaging the customer more, putting more products in basket, getting that that consumer to be more loyal. And retail metrics are something that really, as we've got broader with the retail media definition, I'm hearing a lot of media metrics being talked about. ROAS is the number one metric Mm. that everyone talks about. But actually, if you really talk to the brands, they want to talk about new to brand. They want to talk about loyalty. They want to, they care about the retailer metrics that are being driven. And increasingly, I think that is one of the things that's going to drive the conversation in terms of where retail media is going and how we expand and grow that. And that isn't defined by Mm. trade versus brand versus performance. It's bringing that all together. And I don't think there is one answer to the structure of how it is, but I have it referred to as partnership within the brand. So how do you connect all of those things so that the total outcome is better for the brand, better for the retailer, better for the consumer? It's interesting that some of the things you mentioned there, it's a slightly different vocabulary that we've used in media for a long time. So yes, we've talked about loyalty, less we've talked about other things. There are some nuances in there as well. I mean, also just to build on what Jill was saying, from our perspective, I think the most valuable and progressive conversations that we're having with brands are where we've got around the table, we've got the shopper team, we've got the media team, right. digital team, e-commerce team, we've got the agency as well. And we're able to have a very holistic view on how we engage the customer, what touch points we use to engage them and what outcomes we want to drive from that. And that's where we're really seeing that step change in terms of how we're being deployed as a, as a way to reach that customer yeah. and how then we're impacting sales, but increasingly other outcomes as well that brands will want to measure. And so that for us is the sweet spot where we're trying to encourage and get to 
And to your point, I think brands, businesses are at different stages. I think there's a whole range of different complexities about bringing all those different yeah, how business e- units together. And how easy is that? It's challenging. Mm. I think, again, it comes down to just where that business is in terms of their journey. Mm. But you've got complexities that you probably wouldn't even think about in terms of budget pots and yeah. who's paying yeah. for what. Well, actually, because yeah. that's with the retailer, that's got to come yeah. from a shopper and that mm. can make things more challenging. Increasingly, we're able to hold that type of conversation. And I think certainly look at what this year's done. It's helped propel forward that appetite for those types of discussions within Mm. brands. Yeah, I think that's a really great point, right? It's like those types of engagements, the value that is being driven Mm. by having all of the people around the table. I think that is really understood today. It's still difficult to achieve, but it is understood today in a way that maybe it wasn't a couple of years ago. Mm. Is it fair to say that both of your businesses have pivoted slightly into retail media? Fair comment to say that. A business that Critio used to be, I would associate with more creative retargeting, was that a commerce element, but is there a point in the business made a big bet on on retail? What I would say is that creative retargeting is a form of retail media, right? Because... If you're talking about a direct-to-consumer brand, they are trying to Mm. drive sales through retargeting, as retailers are as well. And that is still a big part of our business and an important part of our business. But, yeah, I mean, we've been in retail media now for about six or seven years, primarily through acquisition. That's Mm -hmm. how we got into this space. And that continues. But when I think about our business, and I work across both the retail media side of the business and the performance media side of the business, it's really about how you bring all that thinking together. Because although offsite, I I figured the other week that offsite in the US is still only about 13% of the total spend. And I'm only using the US because it's a barometer of the potential future here in Europe. But it's still only about 13% of total Mm. retail media spend in however you define that. Offsite is something that everyone's excited about. And it's there is a real opportunity because it helps move beyond scale, especially for those n- more nascent yeah, vertical yeah. markets that don't necessarily have the same level of scale because of how their customers buy. But with that, I think that's going to be part of retail media going forward. And so when I think about our Critio business, where we're really focusing a lot of our time is bringing together the on-site side. Mm -hmm. So everything that that we're doing, all of the solutions that we're building for the retailer, matching it with all of the solutions we're building for the brands and the advertisers, and then thinking about where those budgets sit and what are the different outcomes. So whether you call it upper funnel or whether it's more kind of influence and and attention, Mm -hmm. So whether that's the traditional retargeting space or whether that's just trying to go and find different ways of engaging consumers in different platforms, our focus is bringing all of those together. So I wouldn't call it pivot, Mm. but we've really expanded the scope of what we're focused on when we think about retail media or commerce media, as we often refer to it. And is that perhaps a a fairer way to describe Dunhumby, which ultimately a, an incredible data business but the sort of tesco media insight bit is more a, an extension a sort of a front facing into agency and brands bit more public facing dun humby's origins is, is building the club card and, and building out that data piece from the insights that sit behind that and that naturally matured into kind of using that to fuel retail media mm. and to better enrich the experience for the customer right and that's that's been happening for a long time but more 
on the install traditional piece right around point of sale. And then that's matured over the last sort of 10 years or so. So, you know, Tesco Media Insights platform has evolved over the last sort of two years to be more forward facing into agencies, mm-hmm. into brands to help really galvanize all of those kind of opportunities that we have from a product standpoint across in-store, on-site, off-site, and then really shape the data opportunity and, and fuel that. So I think, again, it's not really a pivot. It's been an evolution of the business yeah. and matching the ambitions of Tesco right, to, one, better serve the customer, but to enrich the experience for that customer at every touch point for that individual, whether they're on Tesco.com, yeah. whether they're going in-store. I think it's been really interesting over, over the last 12 months alone what we're doing on Tesco.com to really improve that shopping experience, but equally in-store, building out the connected mm. store experience to bring more opportunity to engage the individual through scans your shop terminals, through to in-store dis- digital display, yeah. and then enriching that experience again through off-site channels and enabling that data to engage that customer yeah. when they're at home watching TV or indeed if they're on Facebook, whatever it might be. So it's been an evolution, I would say, less about pivot. Yeah, the different bit, I guess, is people like you going. I mean, like you said at the top, your background, this is your year of retail media. Yeah, absolutely. BBC, worked at big platforms. There's more people like you joining businesses Tesco now because I guess there is that sort of transition into becoming you know you want to that's the ballpark you want to play and you want to play in with the big platforms and the publishers equally I think there's a fantastic opportunity to be part of really exciting space Mm. that's going to continue to evolve significantly over the next few years only a teenager yeah maybe even younger but I think you look at the ambitions around kind of ad placements again going back to what I was saying but in-store through one site, what's going to happen there in terms yeah. of that evolution, incredibly exciting, but equally data, right? Off the back of AT&T, the back of Cookie, mm. the, the value of that that data, how that data is used to enable the right level of measurement, the right level of media accountability. It's incredibly powerful in this current kind of time that we find ourselves in, right? It's not luck at all. It's in sort of... The headwinds the industry is going to go through next year in terms of third-party cookies, there's going to be a lot of businesses that are flailing, that are having to trial new stuff. Isn't it great that we've got a brand who we trust, I shop with once, twice, three times a week, plus you've got lots of data, plus you don't make all of your money from advertising, so you get to make slightly different decisions, perhaps. It all feels like the jigsaws come together quite nicely. It does, but what I would anchor that on is that everything that is done is with a customer first yeah. kind of mindset. Yeah. So I think for me, a real learning experience having come from a different background, mm. you know, when you're making decisions about ad products, when you're making decisions about how you engage that customer, the first decision that's made is how would that disrupt the shopping experience? How is it added Got to it. how will it enhance yeah. that for the customer? So the commercial bit's tempered a yeah. little bit by... Yeah, so right. while absolutely advertising isn't the number one revenue stream for a retailer... You can't disrupt got it. that experience yeah. through advertising. It's got to be complementary. Yeah. It's got to work with the loyalty program. It's got to mm. encourage the right behaviours, whether it's in-store, whether it's on-site. And, it can, and that's fundamentally important. Mm. And it can be an enabler as well, yeah. right? When I first moved into the retail media space, it was all about this profit stream. That's what everyone used to talk about, this rich profit stream. Because whilst I agree with you on the retail side, 
that's always going to drive more total revenue. The profit margins on advertising yeah. are what's very attractive about this to, to a retailer. I think everybody knows that nowadays. But it's interesting to see what it's enabling when you go back to and enabling the customer experience. I think it was Ad Exchanger today was talking about the new design of the Walmart stores right. and that Target's rolling out new stores. And when you read the article, what they're talking about is actually... Not just the customer in the store, but the customer in terms of how the customer wants to shop. Wow. So I think they're, mm. they're widening the size of the aisle so they can have bigger items mm. in there and that type of thing. So you've got to have the customer in mind when you think about media. But yeah. then you also have to have how that media can then translate back into the customer. So yeah. the reason I really enjoy working in retail media or in this space is because it, the customer is front and centre to everything mm. in a way that I would argue <clears throat> maybe wasn't so true in the publishing uh, years of old. Yeah, I think, you're, <laughs> I think you're right. Let's talk a bit about publishers, actually, because I think you can list off some of the partnerships that you guys have made. Lots with broadcasters, people like Trade Desk, people like Meta. But publishers, where do you think publishers sit in it? Do you think they're sizing up the opportunity? Are they... So Critio works with a lot of publishers anyway. Mm. We have a publisher network that we use and will continue to use actually and expand our usage of it across retail media, but also primarily our performance media side of our business. I've had more retail media conversations with publishers in the last, I would say, four months than I have been expecting, mm. let's just say. And I think that what I've seen is an increasing interest from their side in terms of how do we get involved and yeah. there's the way that we know about right so we can push retail media activated campaigns through mm -hmm. onto their ctv channels or their display channels or their mobile mm -hmm. channels whatever and that really has been the opportunity up until now mm -hmm. there's publishers who have maybe what they would refer to as a retail arm and they're trying to think if there's an opportunity there yeah. but I think it's a little too early to say with any confidence what role outside of the existing role they have. And I do think the role they play right now is very important because yeah, yeah. they represent a distribution channel. If you think about it, how long are you spending doing your shop every week if you're doing it on an app or, or, or online? There's a lot of other time yeah. that our customers have who are spending their time browsing and being digitally enabled or the being in stores yeah. and some of that's with publishers they've definitely got a part to play from my perspective i think we're still mm. trying to work out exactly what that play will be and whether it will stay what it is today or expand further i don't know if you have a opinion we've talked about some of the off-site partnerships that we have in place already and are they primarily about data because you've got this incredible club card data you talk, sky yep. were talking you're upfront about we've got a bunch of first party sky data there's incredible value in matching those two things together and doing some incredible targeting publishers news brands they've got lots of first party data from increasing subscriptions that sort of stuff so it could feel like a marriage made in heaven look data is where the conversation starts right mm. and we, we lots of active conversations in market around potential ways that we can work with different partners and i think that the partnerships that we've got in place represent an opportunity for scale represent a very practical way of engaging the tesco customer across channels that they're going to be engaging with and kind of, i think we've all talked today about lots of different channels mm. for retail media retail media is many channels all at once yeah. right and f from our perspective the value of being able to speak to a tesco customer earlier on in that process before before they're going in to do their shop to mm. influence is hugely valuable for the brand hugely valuable for our business as well so i think continuing to have 
active conversations around how offsite continues to grow. Yeah. yeah. But it's about enhancing those channels with data to be able to really target customers but also equally measure off the back of that. Mm. I think the ability to measure quickly and not rely on kind of econometrics or yeah. to nine months down the line yeah. verify actually what the channel's doing. 100%. So closely measurement, obviously providing that ability to have a short-term ROI view. Yeah. Jill, can we talk about agencies? It's apt that we're talking about it now. We, we've saw this week Omnicom £835 million for Flywheel, for the uninitiated Flywheel were Essentials digital commerce business, which Omnicom just bought. It's um, the most expensive deal in Omnicom history. It's a major play. Where do agencies sit in all of this? What value do they add? I think it's a major play, but I th- it's a pretty intelligent play mm. because if you think about Essentials spent a lot of time connecting its ecosystem mm. into the retail media ecosystem. And I think there's a real amount, of, there's a huge amount of promise in terms of what that could light up for Omnicom. So yeah. it's re- it's going to be really interesting to see how that manifests itself. Look, agencies have always been interested in the retailers because, yes, they work with them very closely and in partnership in many other aspects yes. of, of a retailer's business. But this media side is something where we we speak to all the large agencies and I, they're very interested in opportunities to be able to make sense of the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I think that to a certain extent, the agencies have a have some of the hardest work in front of them because they have to make sense of yeah. what is an uh, incredibly fragmented um, ecosystem. I just heard Group M say that a typical media buy that they have based on self-service versus managed service networks and the proliferation of networks in the UK, if they're doing a media buy, they're talking about 30-plus channels wow. just for that one brand, mm. right? So there's a huge amount of work to... Plan, activate, yeah. get right, yeah. track, drive the performance. So what are they asking for? They're asking for real insights and real data to understand where they should be placing their media. They yeah. are pushing us towards uh, standardization, mm-hmm. specifically around measurement, to make sure that they fully understand what the outcome is of media spend. And I think that they're actually pushing the industry along with the brands to really think beyond just standard ROAS performance measurements and really get into understanding the value that it's driving back, both for the retailer and the brand. That's a real positive impact, I would say. Mm. And they're doing an awful lot around education and bringing some of the sensibilities of media Mm -hmm. into what is a retailer space. And they are a vital part in unlocking brand spend. Yeah, 100%. And... They're trying to make sense of how commerce and brand work within their own agencies. And I, I yet don't see a standardised model. I see lots and lots of different ways yeah, of approaching yeah. it. Yeah. But I think they're becoming increasingly important. Is it that they need to go and buy this stuff? I mean, publicists in 2020 bought Citrus. You've seen the Omnicom thing. WPP sort of scanning Horizon. Is this stuff they can build themselves? Or is it just you can go and get this, buy it in and, and make it work? Are we going to see lots of acquisitions in this space? I think it's probably a combination of the two right Mm. i think you've got a lot of good players already out there that have built up businesses independent that have built up expertise within retail media and they obviously make quite a good fit Mm. for some of those bigger agency groups equally i think for agencies to capitalize an opportunity they're going to have to look at building their own tools and services 
as well. So I think you'll see a combination of the two. I think it's really interesting with agencies at the moment that the direction of travel is going to be, given the specialism that they will bring, Mm -hmm. given the resource that to enable brands to be able to have that holistic approach to planning retail media alongside more traditional brand upper funnel, agencies are going to have to play a big role in helping do that. I think that's going to be quite a journey, to your point, Jill, completely agree. It's quite fragmented. I think I've said fragmented three times today. (laughs) But on the agency side, the approach is fragmented, right? They're feeling out how to best operate in this space and sew it all together and and join Mm. the dots. And that's going to take a little bit of time. And especially when you've got a market at the moment that's being flooded by lots of players. And I think there will be continued consolidation. It will streamline a bit over time Mm. and make it simpler. There's a different skill set as well. These aren't necessarily the people executing it at the coalface. The people you really want thinking about are the strategists. It's almost higher than a planner level because ultimately if you're down far as the people executing it, I guess you become an execution thing. Whereas I think the bigger thing is when you're thinking about building brands, you think about big challenges that advertisers have, whether it's data they can use or... The, the sort of breadth of everything that you can offer, having it thought about at, at this top level rather than at the bottom when you're executing something feels important. Absolutely. I think when we say retail media, I think immediately there's, there's sometimes a look of confusion right? when you're speaking to an audience that's new. But actually, if you strip it back, what you're effectively talking about is a customer that you've got incredible insight and data around that you can then reach and target across lots of different channels that actually a strategist or planner is already working across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you strip it back to that, actually you're talking about a customer strategy and you're just understanding how can you leverage, in this case Tesco, to engage that customer here mm. to get whatever outcome. So you plan for that customer and you plan for the outcome and then you look at the channels that retail media can then service that and ha- and then obviously the measurement that sits behind that to make that fully accountable. Yeah. I think that simplifies it and that's the conversations we're increasingly having mm. with you know, those business units within agencies. Mm. And actually agencies already really have a, a good amount of experience working with retailers. So the retail space per se is yeah. not necessarily new to them. So they have all the ingredients, but it's how you navigate that to really drive value. And, and the complexity of the market, I wouldn't just say fragmentation, but I would say the lack of unification in the different go-to-market strategies Mm -hmm. that retailers are creating. That's the complicated bit. And I do think there will be consolidation. But what I see right now, and this is across Europe, is a growth of fragmentation, not a move towards that consolidation yet. And I will stress the word yet. Yeah. A big focus for us working with IB Europe is to think about on that European basis of which we'll feed in, what are the capabilities of everyone in this space? Where do you start to see common things? Because it it feels undoubtedly that retail media is going to see incredible growth, but can it accelerate even more if we can make it less fragmented vis-a-vis easier to to buy in that sense. So we'll probably have that sorted before Christmas, something like that. Well, if you don't, we'll be very different. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the <laughs> great job you did with mobile. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we did all right on that one, didn't we, James? But that's why, that's why I think like, text's going to be increasingly important if moving... I thought you said text, as in text <laughs> message. No, no, no. <laughs> We're You've been on the brain, you've been on the brain, haven't you? <laughs> tech is important, yeah. <laughs> no, like, you know, how our business is maturing and providing easier planning and buying interfaces mm. for clients or agencies to buy that media, to simplify that process, as we see when we look at how that's scaled in Australia or the yeah. States, right, with yeah. those markets, mm. having that 
agility around planning and buying is fundamentally important to enable that scale mm. to simplify that process. Yeah. And I guess that's one of the big areas that we focused on over the last 12 months to really mature our business. Mm. That's an interesting point. There was a exchange where I think said that there's two tiers now of retail media. There's the top tier, I believe that Tesco and Dunhamy were in, it were in the top tier. Right? But then there's the tier, <laughs> tier two, and I don't want to do a disservice to what they were trying to say, but the way I understood it is there's those retailers that have enough scale mm. and enough potential and enough data and enough partnerships to command direct relationships. Got it. But there's also retailers who may on their own not be able to do that. I can probably count on two hands the retailers that I think fall into that first tier in mm. Europe. Yeah. And then there's everybody else. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. everybody else is really important, mm. but that's difficult. And that's when tech's slightly different. I think from the position that I'm in, it's about how do you make the tech quieter but more effective and drive performance? Mm. You don't want to insult all of the work that retailers are doing, but that's where if by yourself you haven't got necessarily the same scale as some of the other larger retailers that a lot of people point to, how do you make it easy for the brands and the agencies to plan and buy? And that's when things like the ISBA initiative to have standardization, when you think about who are your technology partners that are going to enable you to be able to plug into where the agencies and the brands are already spending their money. Yeah. And then where are you going to be thinking about putting your data and how are you going to activate that data and with whom, what partnerships are going to make sense for you and make sense for them. So there's a series of conversations that really need to be sorted out. And I was talking to Boots the Chemist earlier on today, and what they were saying is one of the critical kind of things that they did that has been an enabler for their success, and there's no doubt they're doing some incredible things, is that they took time to understand who they are as a retailer, what retail media could mean for them as Mm. Boots the Chemist, and really spent time to plan and how they were going to go to market and how they were going to go to activate. And they believe that's been an accelerator for their development. Got it. I think there are real learnings there in terms of not everyone's Tesco, not everyone is a Walmart, Mm. right? You've got to really think carefully about what you're trying to get to and what's going to be the easiest way for you to light up those revenue streams that many of the reasons why the retailers get into this space in the first place. I'd love to finish on some myths, if that's all right with you both. Retail media myths that you keep tripping up against, coming up against, that you hear. Pick your favourite, Lee. Something I've spoken to this a little bit already today, but I think for me the biggest myth is that Retail media is all about ROAS. I right. think you know, the data that you've got available with the proliferation of that ad ecosystem, retail media's got the opportunity to influence every single stage mm. of that purchase journey. And we talk about it as being safer to store, right? The ability to inspire and to sharpen that media plan and then to convert that customer, right? Mm. And, and that's massively important. And so I think for me, it's that ROAS trap that we fall into all too quickly. Absolutely. It's an important part of retail media and an important part of being able to measure that. But as retail media scales, its value is far greater. Very good. Very articulate. What do you think, Jill? I need to be articulate, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Just for Lee. Use a different describing word. Circumstance. Very good for him. Um, Thank you. Of course you'll be articulate. I think we've also already addressed the myth that I hear, which I'd say about a year ago, 
I was talking to an agency group and they turned around to me and they said, when are retailers going to become publishers? Oh. And I said, never. And that's evolved, that conversation has evolved to this perception that retailers want to become media companies. And it's a nuanced statement, but I do think that it is misunderstood to a certain degree. Everything that a a retailer is doing is to drive value back to their customers and to their retailer business. Mm -hmm. And media is going to be one of the tactics that they're going to use in order to enable that. The catch-all is, what I'm trying to say is, you've got to ensure that you never forget that behind all of this media chit-chat is a retailer who cares first and foremost about user experience Mm. and user engagement. Mm. And I say user in the wrong word, customer experience, customer engagement. Mm. And I think I've heard it talk about the space in the middle between retailers and retail and media is really what we're trying to create. But I would say that the gravitational pull will always be the retail side. Because of the customer. Yeah, because of the customer. Whereas I guess if you're a pure play media owner, really you're trying to maximise revenue, that's your only revenue stream is from media, therefore commercially you might do slightly different things. And they would talk about users rather than I, I can't tell you the amount of conversations that we have with retailers where if you looked at it from a pure media perspective, mm. you would just start to pull your hair out and go, well, why wouldn't you do it? It's so obvious. Yeah. If you do yeah. that, then this, the, you know, you will drive revenue, you will drive profit. And you've really got to listen to what's important to them mm. and where revenue and profit is driving, like where it is in terms of the priorities. And user experience and customer lifetime value always trump just short-term revenue and, and profit, I have to say. Very good. What an enlightening chat. Thank you very much indeed for giving up some time this afternoon. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Lee. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Jill Orr from Critio and Lee Roberts from Tesco Media and Insight Platform there. A thoroughly enjoyable conversation, even if having a year of anything has been utterly ruined by mobile. Uh, Some terrific points on Post Cookie and a huge opportunity for retailers. I really like the nuance around retailers being customer-centric rather than user-focused. I just think that's such a good optic uh, for our industry. Retail media is a big bet for the IAB. It had its own upfront in October. We added on-site retail media revenue to our ad spend report for the first time this year. And we have a thriving industries group with over 40 different member companies who meet every six weeks or so to focus on accelerating the growth of retail media in the UK. So, If you're interested in joining that group and helping steer its direction, get in touch via podcast at iabuk.com. That's it for this week. We've got some outstanding guests lined up on the pod this side of Christmas. Make sure you don't miss them by subscribing to the IBUK podcast on Apple, Amazon, Acast, Global Player, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks very much for listening. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising.